people got to understand, realistically, you got to pay to play. For some reason, I always understood that. Like early, early on, I was just dumping money in marketing, building the brand and just making it, you know, what we are today. And I knew it costs, you know, a lot of money on my pockets and everything to invest into it. But it was the right thing to do long term. And people rather, ah, fuck, dude, $500, $1,000 for a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're thinking like, shit, that's a payment for my Razor, bro. My Can-Am, mm-hmm. dude. Like, I'd rather go fucking have some fun. <laughs> but what, you know, what has a better turnaround, you know? Like, exactly. an epic video that can bring more customers yeah. and bring more business or a weekend of, you know, just having a, a great time. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Stay Shine and Stay Grinding podcast. I am your host, Carlos Castro, with my co-host, Jose. What's going on, guys? All right. We are the Stay Shine and Stay Grinding podcast. We are an entrepreneur, a what first-generation Latino-American podcast. We like to focus a lot on the growths and the figuring out of what it's like to start a small business and starting it from scratch. So if you are interested in entrepreneurship, if you're interested in creatives, I'm a creative Jose's in the construction industry. And if you are familiar with any of those things, continue to listen to our podcast. Uh, Be sure to subscribe, like comment and share on YouTube and also subscribe and share on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. We are on those platforms. Also follow us on Instagram, TikTok. We're all on the social medias as well. So yeah, how was your weekend? Good, man. Good, good. Uh, it was it was a laid back weekend. Uh, we did not watch the Super Bowl. We were in. <laughs> oh yeah, we're kind of dating this right now, but that's okay. Yeah, you didn't watch the Super Bowl? I thought nah. you guys would have watched it. No, I'm not really a big football fan or okay. anything like that. But we were just at home, you know, with the kids, yeah. played some basketball, had some friends over. Okay. Yeah, I spent some time. But uh, Saturday, I didn't go hiking. My back was hurt from the oh, last yeah, time. you've been yeah. hiking. Okay. So I've been hiking every Saturday, but then I was hurt. Um, I had a... Uh, what is that? A sciatic nerve sciatic or whatever. Nerve, yeah. yeah. So that it was kind of like bothering me. I was walking off in Chueco and. So, you know what? I actually thought about what causes that. And well, me and my wife were very into like, you know, health and fitness and working out. And then I told her about what happened. And she said that it could potentially be from you not stretching. Oh, before? Before or after your exercises. Oh, okay. That could be because it, it started like 10 to 15 minutes up the hike when I started. Mm-hmm. And then I just got this pain, sharp pain. And I was like, whoa, we're hiking. And then they were like, you know, after after that was done, like I felt the pain, but my body was hot and warm or whatever. But then uh, the next morning was when I was like bothering more. And then mm-hmm. Monday was when it was really like, fuck like no i've i've been it, through that and i've been through that like i think the last time I, I had something like that happen to me was a few months ago uh no like about a year ago but it definitely does have to do a lot with how you stretch and your mobility like mobility is like one of the biggest things ignored 
when it comes to exercise mm-hmm. and everybody ignores it. They think that just because they're lifting and pushing and, yeah. and moving that, that that's it. But like, oh. they don't think about like the aspect that like some days you have to set like even 20, 30 minutes on your recovery day. Like that's what they call an active recovery Stretch, day. Yeah. Just focus on like those mobility movements where you're not lifting, you're not doing anything. All you're doing is just moving the muscles. Okay. So Nice. Some food for thought, something you yeah. can think about in the future so you don't end up hurting your yeah, back I again. I had to miss it this Saturday, but I'm ready for next Saturday. Cool. I went with the, uh, you know, the good old Sobadora. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Line me up, freaking pushed on all the nerves, fucking hurt, but yeah. feel better. Um, yeah. Shit, laid back weekend. What about you guys? What you guys got going on? We did watch the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't really watch it entirely. We we mainly watched it for the halftime show since like my wife's a oh. huge Rihanna fan. Um, that was cool. Um, and I mean, other than that, just a little bit of work. I try not to work so much on the weekends anymore. Um, I like to kind of focus on my family and myself mm-hmm. on the weekends. So, I ran a lot this weekend. Um. I want to say I ran like about eight miles this weekend, so it was fun. Nice. In total, not on the same day. I was, I was not there yet. I do want to get there at some point, though, where I can run eight miles straight. In one hole? Yeah. Damn. Right now it's four, so. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm trying to get to like five or six. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm training. I'm getting closer to my competition, Uh, like, month. Like, right now I'm still... It's in it's on the 18th, so I have a few more days before I have a whole month. Once I get to the whole month, like once I have the four week period, that's I'm just gonna be drilling, being an animal because I need to cut down yeah, yeah. about 10 pounds. I can get that, I can make that in a week, but like I want to make it by the time the competition comes. I want I don't want to be cutting weight during the week of. Yeah, so that's true. You know I have to. Also, like, let go of carbs and stuff like that. I, I, there's so much that goes in, in line with, like, doing stuff like this. But I feel like it's just a challenge for me. Like, yeah. I like to put myself in these predicaments where, like, I challenge myself physically. Yeah. Because it just really gives me that, um, it gives me that, like, sense of, like, continuing. Like, it just, it just really pushes me. It makes, it makes everything shift when I put myself in that position. Yeah, yeah. I take everything more serious, like. Saturday, I we didn't have anything going on other than the kids were sick, but like, um, ran in the morning and then just like from that one run in the morning, it just like turned a switch in my head and I just like yeah. went on drive mode, dude. It was pretty crazy. So it's it's been like it's been pretty cool. Like I I enjoy what I do right now, um, but not just because I'm doing the competition. I don't think it's. I think it's just like a motivation to just like yeah. continue. So that's good. Yeah. That's one great thing about working out that you know you get a workout in or it's early or whatever, you you just feel really good mm-hmm. throughout the day. Um I know I felt it. I had I was on a good four week stretch, you know, working out almost every day, yeah. doing the hikes, some weightlifting, some running, some Peloton. And then this this week I could you know, she was like the I went to the Sobadora and she like fixed me up and everything. And she was like, you know, no working out for three to four days or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I missed it. I was like, God damn. You, you start to get into this rhythm and to the habit and everything. And you, it pumps up your blood. You feel good. And then after you stop again, you're like, oh, man. You know, 
I usually feel, I usually feel, um, so I haven't been injured lately. Um, knock on wood actually, <laughs> but I noticed that when I get injured, it's because I, I get too far ahead of myself mm. mentally. So I get to a point where I'm not thinking anymore and I'm just moving. So then I forget about those extra steps that get me to the, to the goal. Okay. So like sometimes when I would get hurt during jujitsu, uh, I would, let's say, not stretch before class or I wouldn't take the warm-ups as serious. And then yeah. I end up getting caught, you know, tweaking my shoulder or my neck yeah. or my knee. Um, so I always found it that taking, even if I'm, I feel confident, like take those extra measures before you get to that point. Okay. So potentially, I don't know, that's me, but potentially maybe you, you know, had a few weeks of continuous rhythm of working out and training and you're, ah, I'm feeling it, I'm good. And then maybe that one day you forgot to like do a certain warm up you usually do. And then like, oh, and then it, it's a snowball, it ends up snowballing and yeah. then they end up getting hurt. Because that's what happens to me all the time is every time I get hurt, I'm I'm climbing a hill, climbing a hill, climbing a hill. And then I and then I for some odd reason forget to do something. And I end up getting injured because I got too ahead of myself. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that might happen to you too, or may have happened to you too. It could have been the case. Yeah. 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 Well, let's dive into today's subject. Um, I know some people have been asking about, you know, how to price things out or how do we figure out our pricing or, yeah. and frankly, as a, you know, new business owners and, and, and it doesn't matter in what space you're in, but, Frankly, figuring out what, you know, how much you're going to charge for a certain project or for your time or for your, your guy's time, if you have employees, um, can be pretty difficult, you know, especially if you, you know, come from no background of like, you know, when you work for a company, you're always just working, working and you get paid and, mm -hmm. you know, you're working by the day or by the hour or whatever. And then, you know, you suddenly want to start a business and now you've got to figure out, well, how much should I charge? You know? So that could be a very tricky step for, for business owners, especially starting off. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you have any, any, any advice, any opinion, your opinion on how should someone kind of start to evaluate that or your experiences versus, you know, when you first started mm -hmm. to now, like what has changed or how have you viewed it? Yeah. I think under first one is probably understanding the market that you're in. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Um, whatever type of, you know, business you have, understand the market, uh, understand, understand like the rates that people do give. Obviously, if you're just starting, you don't want to rate something that um, may be at a higher rate. You know, if you're just starting in some type of industry, you don't want to charge high rate obviously yeah so you want to be able to start somewhere where you feel comfortable and where your value is because at the end of the day it's not really about the the money i think it's at the end of the day it's like the value and the worth that you have for yourself like you know if you feel like your your if you feel like your stuff is worth x amount of dollars then that's how much it should be worth like yeah maybe to somebody else it's worth more or less but that doesn't matter at the end of the day it should matter to you how much you're worth i I, I, when I first started, I started in photography and I started quoting for family photos. That was my first thing, mm -hmm. like my first major, 
um, self projects that I did was family photos. And I kind of like thought about like how much, how much does it take me to, to one shoot it and then two edit it. So yeah. I, 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 ba- I, I've always based down my numbers down to, um, hours that I would spend. Okay. But I would under, but I would try to understand like the, the market, like how much does it cost to take family photos? And then it would range between, you know, a hundred dollars to a th- to almost $2,000 for a session. Yeah. And at the time I was just starting. So I was like, okay, what do I feel comfortable with? And I think when I first started, I was charging like two to $300 per session. Okay. Um, I was giving out bundles and deals and I was just trying to get my feet wet at the time. So it was, I just tried to arrange it as that. I was like, okay, I would spend an hour shooting and then I would spend an hour to an hour and a half editing. So I would make, you know, I would, I would get paid about a hundred dollars an hour when I would do that. Um, but definitely understanding the market, especially my market. Um, I don't really have too many overhead stuff. Like mm-hmm. your market's different. You have overhead, a lot of overhead. Uh, me it just depends. Like if, you know, if you're, you know, if you're financing your gear, stuff like that, you also take that into consideration. If you're yeah. paying memberships for editing softwares and stuff like that. I think my overhead is nowhere near close to your overhead, you know, cause you have multiple things that you have to cover before you even get paid. So definitely the first one I do recommend is, is, uh, understanding the market, evaluating the market, yeah, understanding the market and evaluating your time too. Cause you made a good point. Um, sometimes, you know, we jump in and we, you know, we're like, you know, you're really good at photography and videography and everything. And you want to jump in, evaluate the marketplace so we want to study like what's going on out there in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes a lot of people confuse like, okay, if I, let's say I used to work at a place and I used to get 120 bucks. So now you think, all right, if I make 200 bucks a day or 200 or 300 bucks a day, but in half the time I'll, I'll live happier with that. Mm-hmm. But then as a business owner, then you gotta, you know, now you gotta deal with, like you said, overhead, uh, taxes. Let's say if you're leasing an office or a space, laptop, camera gear. So now you gotta also keep in mind that you know to be able to win those three hundred or or whatever the case is, you need to invest maybe two thousand, three thousand, mm-hmm. five thousand in gear. Yeah. Which what's the rate of return? How are you gonna make that money back before you can actually start to profit? So I don't, it, I don't even think I don't even think you're gonna see any return for your first few years yeah to be honest <laughs> that's what i'm saying man. like if you're if you're starting a business and you know you're buying nice things and doing nice things um you may be doing it wrong well because a lot of people want to jump into business because they want to live you know a better life or, mm-hmm. or financially but they think that when the first year or the second year or even the third year mm-hmm. they're gonna right away you know, the tree's going to give fruit and you're going to enjoy the fruits of the tree, which is it, it's a misinterpretation because in reality, sometimes you got to like you shit for for five years or so or maybe more. Because even me, I'm still mm-hmm. going through like that, the growing pains and, and the struggles of figuring it out. You know, I'm on my sixth year um, so in order for you to see like the, you know, for the to right. enjoy the fruit from the tree. And pricing has a lot to do with it because it's trial and error. You know, we we didn't go to Harvard. We didn't, 
you know, we don't have a, a, a degree in like business or anything. And we're yeah. figuring this out on the, like you on said, it, on the job. Yeah. yeah. Like trial and error. You, you go in there, you experiment with the project. You look at the outcome. You're like, all right, cool. Well, you know, if I'm going to charge 200 bucks per man or 250 bucks per man, and you calculate it in a way where like, when you, when you sell the price to your customer, that's what it is. You know, you mm -hmm. can't, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I took another five days, like, you know, doing the math. You owe me another $3,000. Like, mm -hmm. that doesn't work that way. Man. You close the deal, you close the contract. If you, you know, delivered slower than what you anticipated, that's your loss. But if you delivered sooner, then that could be your win. Mm -hmm. So it's tricky to figure out, you know, hey, mm -hmm. am I going to spend 10 days here, 15 days here? Because things might come up along the way that you, you know, for me, construction, landscaping, I don't know what's underground. It may be harder for me to, you know, analyze something and be like, all right, cool. Well, by the day, I'm going to I'm going to remove this dirt in three days. It might even take me five days. Yeah. And then who's going to who's going to pay the price for that? Me. Right. So I think good point. You you fall into pricing by experimenting on the job. And then looking at the marketplace and seeing where roughly where everyone's at. Because if you're just starting off and you're looking at like, I don't know, top-notch photograph firm or whatever, and they're at $500 an hour, when you're starting off with no one really knows who you are, um, you don't your name's not, your brand's not there or anything, you can't say my work is worth $500 an hour. You, we could say that, but people are probably not going to pay that. Because some people also look at, you know, the brand and uh, the details about it, how long you've been in business, your experience, you have people. So a lot of that reflects on, on learning. And then as you start to develop and grow the brand, people are more than, you know, willing to be like, all right, cool. Well, I see your work. I see the history. I see what you can do. I'll be I'll pay a premium for this. And also, like, if you're in my my industry, which is a creative industry, you know, if you do anything creative photography film design whatever um if you're just starting off don't be afraid to even take a hit by doing free stuff mm -hmm. um because that free stuff and one thing that i had to like evaluate through time was like sometimes you do have to do some stuff for free when you're starting yeah now i can't do stuff for free i wish i could but um you want to you wanna have that stuff because then that can be your portfolio mm -hmm. for when you do have new clients, when when you do have new opportunities. Um, so sometimes when you're starting off, don't be afraid to take to take a couple hits in the beginning, you know, to really understand the market. And who knows, maybe the avenue that you de are deciding to chase is not the right one for you. I started off as a photographer. My first grasp and concept when I first started was I want to be a photographer. I want to be a photographer and a videographer. I want to be yeah. in cinematography. And, you know, and then I ended up getting into website design and I said, oh, maybe, maybe website design might be for me. And then I, I, I fell into so many avenues and valleys. And then now I, I'm at a point now where I, I found my niche. My niche is, you know, content creation and mm -hmm. social media and, and uh, management and marketing. So that's where my company is solely based off of now. So it, it it's definitely like, you know, we said trial and error, understanding, understanding that too, but like being, being open to taking, to taking some free jobs, you yeah. know, and even if, you know, 
I've I'm learning now like my when I give people my bid and my prices on what I offer, um, I get a little discouraged sometimes when people are like, Oh, you know, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Because you can already tell when people are, are down or not down. Mm-hmm. And usually when they're like you can already tell, but I get a little discouraged. I'm like, Am I charging too much? But then at the same time I'm like, nah, this is my worth. Like this is how I feel I'm worth, yeah. you know. So that's always going to be the, uh, I, I feel like that, that feeling will never go away. Yeah. Like I, you know, even starting off, dude, like my fucking hand will shake when I'm doing my numbers and I'm like, this doesn't seem fucking right. Yeah. It's too high. And then you're convincing yourself to lower to the lower goddamn the price. price. And yeah. then, you know, but you know, I learned the hard way in the trial and error. Like the numbers don't fucking lie, dude. If you, if you're putting, your numbers and your calculating your square yeah. feet, your linear feet and all that material and everything, that number is what it is, you know? And, and sometimes, like you said, early on, cause you want to get the gig or whatever you, you convince yourself so hardheadedly to like lower that number. Lower, yeah. And then you lower the number, you get the job and then you're like, Fuck, I didn't make any money on it or I didn't make enough money on it or whatever. Yeah. And it hurts the business and it hurts your pockets and the investments you've done because you know, when you look at it in the wrong way, you can't go like that forever. But then you start to grow thick skin and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. The number, it looks high. It seems high, but it, but it looks great. great. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. send it out. The customer says, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I can't work with that. Then or yes. It really is this. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, so if they yeah. say yes, you're in. If yeah. they say no, then at least you know that you did your numbers right. You didn't hesitate. You didn't convince yeah. yourself to lower that number. And then, you you know, your your worth is there because yeah. you're... You, you know, but then if you're going to charge a premium, you have to understand too. Like you said, you have to be delivering value. Like it, yeah. it has to be quality. It has to be value. Yeah. You can't charge a premium for shitty work, you know, and you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, do. Yeah, I mean, I, I value my work. My, my work is my bond, you know, mm-hmm. my word is my, my word is not really my bond. Cause sometimes I say things and it doesn't <laughs> happen, but my work is my bond. Like if you look at my work, um, it, it basically tells you what, what I, what I have to offer, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and my work, I get, I get commented on my work all the time and I still feel like I'm at a position where, where I'm still learning and growing. Like, I'm yeah, like this is, this is mm-hmm. only the, you know, I've told Jose plenty of times, like we're just scratching the surface. Like for me too, like anchor mine projects, like we're barely scratching the surface. You know, mm-hmm. I, I started off as a, one man band and now i'm fortunate enough to have some people working with me and we're getting to a point where like i'm starting to grow so i want i want to be able to provide quality value and content for multiple people um one thing also that i actually thought about as you were talking um understanding like the budgets of your clients like for example in my industry i work with a lot of local businesses a lot of local businesses don't have the same budget your budget compared to somebody else's budget is going to be night and day for all we know. Mm -hmm. So I always ask people and people I've had this issue one time when I first uh, met with a client, um, they were not very happy with the fact that I didn't have an exact number for my service. Oh, and like they were expecting for you to say they're expecting for me to bundle have like, number one. This is how much, yeah, bundle number two yeah. and bundle number three, and you have fixed rates. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah it's so hard to do. For that. me, it's like I don't have that. Like me, I'm like, what can you afford? It's as simple as that. Yeah. If you are not comfortable telling me what you can afford, then maybe you need to check your numbers because at the end of the day, 
if you want to get into, you know, if you want to get into um, outside sources and vendors and stuff like that and put your money in other places to help your businesses grow, you need to understand how much your company's making yeah. And to see if you can actually invest in that. Yeah, how much you can roll back into. Yeah, so if you don't have any numbers and you're just like, I'm just doing this just off of the whim, then like I would suggest first looking into your numbers or talking to like a CPA or somebody that can help you with these numbers and be like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in, in getting into, you know, content creation and social media. How much money do you think we have for marketing? Yeah. So then when you meet with someone like me, I'll be like, look, what's your budget? And if you tell me your budget, then I'd be like, okay, this is what I can offer at this budget. Yeah. For me, it's not a scheme of like, how much money can I make off of this person? No, no my, my whole gimmick is I want to provide quality content for mm-hmm. your company. I want to, I want to help you highlight your company. So if you're, if and a, a lot of people always think that like <sighs> the issue of like trying to burn people because of the way you charge and stuff like that, it's yeah. insane. It's in, the let, when it comes to money, that's why everyone's so, you know, everyone kind of you know covers your necks up when it comes Mm -hmm. to money but like at the end of the day if you know your worth is that and if you have clients that are willing to speak up for you and and say hey you know this is the guy that you may want to work with yeah by all means charge whatever the hell you feel comfortable with you know because at the end of the day it's your value it's your worth me i value my time so my time i break a lot of my quotes based off of my time yeah. How much time I will spend on a project. That's the biggest thing. You know? And for you, would you consider that you are pretty accurate on a project? You know how much time is going to be invested into it? Yeah. Or is it like, are you there already where you're like, you know what? This particular project is going to take me three hours of editing. Mm-hmm. No more or less. Like I can charge around that. Or do you leave a cushion for a fourth hour or possibly even a fifth hour? Knowing me. I'm a big procrastinator and that's one thing that I work on. I'm working on now, mm-hmm. now that I'm like scaling yeah. as far as like gaining uh, a team. Um, I do break down a lot of that, my projects that way where I know, for example, like let's say I get a new client, mm-hmm. you know, the client wants us to handle their social media and they want us to, sh- to shoot videos and photos. Yeah. You know, Okay. Um, ideally our, 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 our rate is usually based off of like how many times a month you guys want us to take care of your, of your company. Okay. So depending on how much, how many times a week we see each other will determine how much hours I'll spend at your project Okay. and editing. So if let's say we meet twice a week, twice a week. Okay. We're going to meet twice a week for four hours every week. Okay. So I have the, that's four hours of shooting and then i have to calculate an extra four hours of editing okay and then travel time and all travel time posting all that all that fun jazz i I can accommodate that so usually you know it just it varies per client you know Mm -hmm. that's why the whole budget scenario for me works best because when i give somebody a flat rate you may not find that flat rate suitable for your brand when somebody else may yeah. So that's why I'm always I always tell people and I and I'm very transparent when it comes to that. I say, look, what I'm charging this company may not be the same amount I should be charging you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to do this for the money. Like I said again, mm-hmm. I'm I want to help your business grow. That's why our focus in Income Mind Projects is 
our slogan is is uh, uh what is it what do we say creating growth through media like mm-hmm. we want to create growth through media like that's our focus is like we want to help brands build and grow so when it comes to breaking these numbers down like yeah it's i have i calculate i try to calculate all that my wife was huge in that because she would wring my neck for not like oh well how much how many hours do you spend yeah here and i'm like i don't know she's like you don't fucking know and i'm like no she's like well you need to figure it out because you can't what if you get somebody else how are you going to quote people and i'm like that's true so now what i do is like when i work on projects or stuff i kind of set a timer okay i started at 10.05 i finished this project at 10.35 great it took me almost 30 minutes to complete this one project yeah great so i know how much time it takes me to do this or do that so so you had to go and collect uh data <laughs> metrics and time yourself yeah. and see so you kind of tie that around see that's that's the thing that a lot of us don't see when we go into business it's like you know back to you know hey i used to win 120 i'm gonna charge 200 i'm already 80 bucks yeah better off a day so if you do that by the week by the month dude i'm good i'm set uh-huh. but then Who's paying for the gas for your travel time and the time you're bidding? You don't win money because sometimes, you know, I, I give out bids for free. I don't charge for consultation fees. So if I spend half a day bidding and I don't get any jobs, that's half a day. You know, that's a, a loss. But if you if you track your data, track your metrics, even for, for my projects, like I find it easier for me to bid, you know, per square footage, mm-hmm. per linear feet, like per irrigation valves. Um, rather than calculating, I'm going to spend 17 and a half days in this job, uh, X amount of dollars per, per four man crew per yeah. day, materials and, and overhead and everything separate. Cause what if I don't spend 17 and a half days? What if I spend 22 days? Like we said earlier, I, I lose money there. And I've even lost money in, in square footage and linear feet while I was experimenting on the price excuse me on the prices but then i learned you know the pace of my guys like okay this crew works faster than this crew Mm -hmm. i can charge differently for these guys than for these guys and especially you know having so many guys on field if even if you have a project manager even if you you know stop by every now and then you they're they may not always be as efficient as like the day you showed up and you tracked your data and you're like all right these guys are giving me a production rate of you know 300 blocks a day but then the day you leave, that you track your data, and then they're giving you, you know, two hundred and seventy blocks a day or whatever. So it just it just for me, I find it more easier or better for me, and works well for me doing linear feed, square footage, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the valves, irrigation valves, or you know, square footage on mulch, on soil removal, demo. It's all square footage, linear feet, and I just played with the numbers along the way so I could figure out, all right, th- this this number works mm-hmm. well for us. And like you said, every project is different because, you know, if I'm working in by the mountains, there's it's rocky, it's harder to dig, it's you know, there's a lot of rocks. And if I'm working like in a different city where it's super soft and we can move faster, I I can kind of work with my numbers off that. Yeah. So it takes a minute to figure it out, but you just like you said, explore the marketplace. Figure out what works for you. Figure out how productive your team is. Um, and at the end of the day, as high as you want to charge, there's always 
competitors around you. So oh, yeah. if someone's going to look for a price, they don't just go with like, oh, I, I want Vivid to do the job. Mm-hmm. Vivid's going to be the team. No, they look at Vivid's numbers and then they look at, you know, X, Y, and Z's numbers. And then they'll be like, all right, well, give or take 10, 20%, more or less. I may be the lowest bidder. I may be the highest bidder. But there's always other options you keep in mind. You didn't, you didn't just go to a job and say, you know, give me a hundred thousand, you know, and I'll do the job and I'll be sick with it. Yeah. And that's like, why, that's why like, you know, the whole, like when you do the estimates does like take a lot because you actually also have to think about like in that one moment, like even in those few minutes or seconds that you just meet a potential client, mm-hmm. that will determine whether they want to make the sell or not. Like yeah. within those few seconds that they meet you. So how you present yourself to a client when you first walk in and how you act with them and how you treat them and will determine if they want to keep you or work with you. Yeah. So that plays a big role in that too. Like like you have a lot of relationships with a lot of your clients because of how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you could send a salesman out there to them and, you know, send just them try out to there sell, with huh? the iPad and, you know, oh yeah, we're going to take care of this for you and da 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 whoop and, you know, and not build a relationship. And I feel like when, when you get more, when you get more close and intimate with people, like it, it makes them feel more comfortable with you. And even though your price may be more or even less, less. than another <laughs> company, they're going to be like, well, you know what? That guy, Jose really like, he really listened to me and he was open yeah. to these ideas. And this other guy didn't really listen to a lot of the stuff I had to say. So I'm going to yeah. go with Jose cause I feel more comfortable. So, and that's major. That is super major because you know, you bring out that. I always take on that approach, like the educative approach. Mm-hmm. I listen. I just listen. I listen. They're telling me this and that. And then at the end, I'm like, can we go through a couple things? I'm going to tell you why this wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why this plant that you really love, I can't plant it in the sun. It's going to dry up. It's a shade plant. Mm-hmm. So the more you educate them and show them, you know, value, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's weird because the last two guys just said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And they wrote their numbers and they're going to send me a quote. No, no. I, why would I charge you to put a plant where it's not supposed to be? Yeah. You know, or a tree that has crazy root systems be where it's not supposed to be. Like, this is why, you know, we consider ourselves the professionals. We are the professionals. We know our trade. We know our, our skills in our marketplace. And we know how to, we're going to educate you guys on, you know, what are the proper steps? A lot of people are like, oh, I want to do the landscaping and then I'll do the hardscaping after. no. There's the proper steps, you know, first you do hardscaping, walls, uh, retaining walls, then you do your landscaping. So people sometimes they just don't know. And when they come in and tell you, can you do this and that? And all you do is say, oh, yeah, we'll take care of it. And then, you know, they find out that that's the wrong way to start the project or that, you know, that plant wasn't supposed to go there mm-hmm. or, you know, the pergola is not up to code or whatever. Like you, we have to educate them and inform them of what is the right thing to do then they'll find more value and be like all right you know what you were more 20 percent more but i really like your approach and don't always just really go up to a client and try to upsell them on everything you know yeah oh yeah, i don't i don't even try to do that yeah and i don't it, even try to upsell anything like that i just I, get, I just try to give them my rate and what i do yeah you know that's what i've learned like I said it took me a while to finally get to a place where I can find my niche for what I do. Mm-hmm. And 
like now I just base my rate off of like the budget and and if if you don't have a budget I'm going to give you what I think yeah. you should pay me and you know I, I've gotten a lot of people turn me down you know a lot of people turn me down I always get a, pe- a lot of people in the landscape industry hit me up for work oh, yeah. and as soon as I give them a number they're like Fuck. It's crickets yeah and they're all hyped up. Oh, I really like what you do for Vivid. Like, I want to do this from, you know, my business. I, want, I just want to highlight a, a project that I did. How much do you charge? And I give them a number and they're like, and I'm like, great. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to drop my price down for, you know, for that, for, for some people who don't feel that yeah. that's my worth. Like, but that's the thing too. Yeah, you, people got to understand, you, realistically, you got to pay to play. Like, you know, and if I always, for some reason, I always understood that. Like early, early on, I was just dumping money in marketing, uh, building the brand, and just making it, you know, what we are today. And I knew it cost, you know, a lot of money on my pockets and everything to invest into it, but it was the right thing to do long term. And people rather, ah, fuck, dude, five 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 hundred dollars, a thousand dollars for 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 a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're thinking like, shit, that's a payment for my razor, bro. My can am, dude. Like, I'd rather go fucking have some fun. <laughs> but what, you know, what has a better turnaround, you know? Like, exactly. An epic video that can bring more customers yeah. and bring more business or a weekend of, you know, just having a, a great time. But, you know, which is not bad. You can do it every now and then. But um, I just always figured I'm going to just invest into my business. Invest in, later on, the fruit would give and I'll enjoy the fruit later on long term i'm not in no rush to you know live my best life and 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 travel and have all these fancy things or anything i want to grow my business i want to build a strong firm foundation i want to grow a team i want to you know give back to employees and just overall build a great culture um and with trial and error we've been doing it you know We, we we have hard times we have good times um and that's just that's just the way a business is built you know you can't just you know expect to be this this strong business or whatever but you don't want to invest into it you know how are you going to keep the pipeline full if you're not investing into marketing and and you know advertisements or whatever how are you going to get the attention you need the attention you know so you make two thousand bucks profit on a bit on a project you you want to put 500 back into marketing or whatever Mm -hmm. just it's the ratio i don't know the exact numbers the metrics or anything because i don't really i don't track that i just work you know like you said, on the job, if I see I need more work, I push harder on the marketing or whatever. Um, if I see that we need another truck, that we're the pipeline's too full, we can't get two jobs. I I get another truck, I get some, you know, train more people, hire more people, and then we we grow that way. But I don't have a set ratio or data that says, you know what, at this percentage of growth comes this percentage of investment, which gives you this percentage of return. Like I don't. I don't really track things that way. Yeah. I look at my numbers and I know where I'm off and where I'm good, but I don't really have a formula of say, hey, look, if you want to grow, this is a precise moment you want to buy another truck. Yeah. That's I think everyone will figure that along the way as you're growing and as you're expanding and as the pipeline is getting full and the demand is really high for your business. Um, but yeah, I mean, what else would you recommend as far as like someone learning their numbers mm-hmm. or getting started on how to price i think what I about think, taxes and all that like do you keep anything yeah for that I think, I think the taxes is something you'll learn as you begin 
Um, so like notice like where you're, cause like not everybody's going to be in the same position of as us where like, this is solely our bread and butter. Like mm-hmm. some people start a business and they're still working, working their job. nine to five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just depends on like where you're at when it comes to taxes. I think taxes is probably like a separate type of thing when it comes to this, when it comes to like knowing your pricing and stuff like that, because you know, you could be working a nine to five and not showing any income from like your, your business. Your side gig, like, huh? So, you know, it could, it just depends. But if you're solely trying to do this, um, yeah, definitely save money, save money. Um, I'm going into my first year of taxes this year. So wish me luck. Let's see how it turns out. <laughs> That's an LLC, right? <laughs> yeah. Because before you were, uh, before it was all just side so, money. So, like, so, so proprietor. So provider, yeah. yeah. So it was just, uh, you know, we're going to see how it goes this year. I'm, I'm nervous, but at the same time, I'm not worried. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely understand your marketplace, the industry that you're getting into, know the budget of what it may cost and know your worth. You know, that's it. I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything else. There's, we don't have to get down to the nitty gritty of like, no, just material and all that other yeah. stuff. Like you don't have to understand that. Just know that, if you know it costs $3 to get a t-shirt and you charge $10 for the t-shirt, like you have to understand why you charge $10, yeah. you know? So think about that. Um, you have anything else to say? Uh, just, you know, don't be afraid of your numbers. <laughs> Sometimes starting a yarn, that's like the, the thing that gets us shaky and sweaty. And yeah. it's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to drop this and I'm going to drop this. And, you know, don't be afraid of what you're, if you're calculating it and that's what it shows to be, just send that over. Don't don't be uh, hesitant to send it over. Yeah. Um, but like you said, starting off, sometimes you got to give some freebies. You got to mm-hmm. got to work with the client just to build that reputation up, build that brand up, strengthen it up, and then you can work with numbers. Because I know mm-hmm. for me, one time I was working with an architect, and and you know I had always price corrections, right? So this guy was like, "Hey Jose, let me talk to you." He was giving me a lot of work, and then he's like, "Dude, your company is set up just right. You got the you got a great team. You got them all in uniforms. You have foremans. You're a good sales guy. Your trucks are nice. They're they're presentable. They have clean look logos." And he's like, "But your prices are a little low compared to what what I've been working with." Yeah, and it was dude super nice of him to come out and say, share that to me. Yeah. So what I was like, well, for real. And it's funny because at a point of my life where, you know, we're, I think it was the second or third year in, and I thought I was charging good. I was, bro, I'm making it, you know, because I was able to expand and everything. But this guy comes to me, he's just like, hey, look, I'm going to work with you. Look, these are the competitive uh, companies that that I'm working with. Uh I was stupid low, bro. I was like, God damn. How far off were you? Like the project that we did was 72,000. I got the bid. The other two, the other guy was eighty six, and the highest one was ninety eight thousand, wow. and I was at seventy two. But for me, at that time, we were really good at what we do, and we had speed. Like we would, yeah. we would be quick, like really quick. I don't know if that bought me time or, or you know, was able to cushion a profit there or whatever. But I always felt like our profits were pretty good. Um, but when he showed me that, I was like, God damn, like, I'm really that off. He was like, you gotta like work with your numbers. So he gave me some mentoring and everything. And I was like, Oh shit. 
like good good to know you know because mm-hmm. i mean now and it's all like brand wise like you, you you present yourself the right way you invest in your company the right way you can you can you have more room for for growth with your numbers yeah. and so just don't be scared of your numbers guys if you if you calculate whether you want to do by daily rate by materials overhead hourly hourly whatever i mean just make sure you're getting enough for yourself to invest back into your business to you know for taxes um for your employees you know pay them well take care of them um and then you know uh, you'll you'll do good but it's all trial and error like my experience probably the same as yours it was all trial and error you know like i grew up in you know thinking oh i'm winning 120 i'm gonna charge 200 and then Hmm. fucking by the end of the project i'm like damn i had to pay for gas i had to pay for the insurances and shit i only made 100 you know so i'm making less than what i thought i was gonna make so it's all trial and error and i think uh that's it i think i just want to tell people don't be afraid of your numbers um really look at data like carlos says look at data analyze how much time is it taking you because you know Every guy, every team works differently. If you have four or five crews, they're not all going to give you the same production rate, you know. That's it. That's I think it. I think that's a good that's a good right. that's a good wrap. Yeah. You close this off or anything yeah. else or you broke it all down in a nutshell right there for us. Um in a nutshell. Yeah. And then also uh separate your finances. Big one. It's definitely separate your finances personal from business, separate those. Oh yeah. 100%. Um as soon as I did that, I found that you know it was easier to manage way easier to manage yeah. so you know when you when it's only in your own bank account you're more easier to swipe and then when it's in a business bank account you're like well i can't touch that money till this date so yeah um so yeah so there's a book actually before we close it off called profit first mm-hmm. uh profit first has every they have a the original book and then they have like Profit first for contractors, for CPAs, for, you know, guarding maintenance. Um, They have for every trader, every space, they have a book uh, especially devoted to that area. So that's a good book to look at because it it teaches you, you know, how to separate for taxes, for, you know, personal, for investments, for growth. And there's like this formula that you can customize to fit your your own needs um, for your business and for yourself. So. I've read it. I read the original one, mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to... The original one, I read one that says for contractors, but I actually just saw the one for landscapers. So I'm going oh, to go back and read, right. get deeper into that Sweet. and read that one for the landscapers. Okay, so you have some more information for us for the landscapers that listen to this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. All right. There it is, guys. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate everyone listening in, uh, sharing the podcast, uh, following in, and uh, you know supporting uh, the movement here. I think we're going to close it out. So thanks guys again. And always stay shining, stay grinding.